Welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Welcome everyone back to the Feathered Desert. Now, before we jump into this episode, we are excited to announce that this is our 20th episode. Yay! Yay! Now, some of you might be thinking, 20th episode, well, that's not really a lot. But for us, that's a lot! Yes. So our first podcast ever. Yes, so we're kind of excited. And we're also doing something just a little bit different today. We have a little bit of background noise or song melodious song in the background and that is just a little cd we're playing we're trying it out for our 20th episode and we'll see how it goes so for this episode we went with what you could call possibly a controversial subject yes woodpeckers yes and the title of this is woodpeckers love them or hate them yeah that's true and i know for sure me and cheryl both adore our woodpeckers so hopefully after this podcast, if you don't love them, you will at least appreciate them for the amazing birds that they are. And some of our tips will hopefully help you live your life in harmony with our woodpeckers. Yes, that's our goal. Yes. So Cheryl's going to start us off with some cool facts about woodpecker physiology. Yes. So cool fact number one, woodpeckers have super long tongues. Woodpeckers' tongues are usually about twice the length of their bill so that they can reach for insects inside holes they pick peck out and when not in use their tongue is curled behind the back of the head between the skull and the skin that's amazing it is amazing (laughs) okay they have furry i didn't know this they have furry noses and sticky tongues most woodpeckers have either barbed tongues or sticky saliva that helps them pull out insects they find in their holes their nostrils are which i didn't even think of them having nostrils yeah we don't see them of course they have to breathe are covered in feathers to keep splinters and dust out um, out of their nostrils while they pack. I mean, right. oh my gosh, Mother Nature has thought of everything. It's their personal protective equipment. Right. <laughs> what about like their respirator? Yeah. They don't get headaches. Woodpeckers' bills help distribute shock throughout the thick skull while pecking. But also, Kirsten said that you told me, what's that little tip you told me about their their head why they don't get concussions or headaches yes they have no space between their skull and their brain so their brain sits right up against the skull and the reason we get concussions is because our brain jiggles around inside there and hits the front of the skull and the back of the skull and they get bruising woodpeckers don't have that and so their brain never moves in there it just goes with the movement of their head so it's just they don't need a helmet like we do exactly Um, they are made to cling to trees. So woodpeckers have a strong tail, tail feathers that support the bird while it holds itself on a tree trunk. And they have two back toes and two front toes, um, to keep them secure. And when they move up and down a tree, they will move, um, uh, downward. Yeah. They don't turn around and face down. They don't turn around and face down. They move tail first down, up and down. Um, down and then when they go up it's head first so they're always moving in one direction um woodpeckers are perfectionist they can peck um an entrance to their cavity that is a perfect circle that fits just for them i mean to fit them and 
that to me is amazing because I can't draw a perfect circle no without, <laughs> without tracing it around a bowl. I'm with you there. <laughs> woodpeckers like to make music. So it's determined that in the animal world, a woodpeckers may be the only animal to make a sound with something other than a part of its body. And we've all heard the woodpecker tapping on the, the vents on our roof. Well, it likes the noise it makes. So they will drum on a variety of objects, that being one of them, to communicate communicate territory to attract a mate to locate food or maybe even exercise or play we don't know because we can't ask it and if we could ask it we're not sure if we would understand what he was telling us right um and that's it that's all i've got so we're going to go to kirsten all right well those are pretty cool facts so hopefully your interest has already sparked and you're thinking wow these woodpeckers are so much more interesting than i thought so in this podcast, we're going to focus on the two main woodpeckers that we have here in the valley. And that's the Gila woodpecker and the gilded flicker. And I'm going to describe each one of them, give you a little, uh, some tips about each one and some facts about each one, just so when you see them in your backyard, you have that running around in your head. All right, so for the Gila woodpecker, their appearance is they're going to have tight black and white horizontal striping on their back wings and tail. They're light brown on their head and their chest. And the male will have a red cap on the crown of his head. A small red cap, not, a, not the whole head. Just a small little red cap on the top of his head. They are found um, in low elevation deserts of the southwest, including Arizona, California, and southwestern Mexico. And you'll see them mostly near the saguaros and the large cottonwoods because this is where they make their nests. So that pretty much describes everywhere in the valley. Yes. <laughs> uh, their diet, they're going to eat insects, they're going to eat fruit, nectar, and they will also eat other birds' eggs. Got to get your protein somewhere. For breeding and nesting, they are monogamous, and they will stay with their mate through multiple nesting seasons. They are cavity nesters in the saguaro, just like Cheryl was saying with that little round circle that they can make so perfectly. They like the saguaro, and they like large dead or dying trees, similar to those cottonwoods I just mentioned. And when they make a nest in the saguaro, they hollow out the cavity, that perfect circle, and then they leave it to dry for several days. Because what they're waiting for is for the boot to form, which is the scab inside the cactus, before they take up residence. Now, before you get too upset over the saguaro, it doesn't harm the saguaro. These, Thank you. Yes, these are very small birds, and they only choose the older saguaros that are big and tall because that gives them much more protection. So they're not harming your saguaro at all. That big old cactus can take it. And um, they're also non-migratory, so you will see them year-round in our area. So if you are someone who likes to already feed woodpeckers, that is why you will see them all year round. All right, so that is the Gila woodpecker. Now the gilded flicker is gonna look just a bit different and there are some key differences that will help you identify them. So their appearance is they're going to have brown and black horizontal striping on the back and wings. They have a brown crown and a gray throat. So already we've got gray in there, where our Gila woodpeckers, not a lot of gray on them. They have a black rounded edged triangular breast patch with black spotting on the underside of their white torso. So if you see a woodpecker with this big bib, essentially, on his chest, you're looking at a flicker. Now, the gilded flicker will also, the male will have a red cheek stripe, which is called a mustache stripe. 
and that will allow you to identify males from females. They're found in the same area as the Gila woodpecker, and their diet is very similar as well. They will eat insects, they'll eat fruits, including cactus fruit. These guys are a little bit different though because they will forage on the ground for insects such as ants and worms. And I'll tell you a quick little story about one I saw in my backyard. This was a gilded flicker who was on the ground and I thought it had been eaten by a hawk or something because all I could see was literally its back, its back feet, and its tail. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, well, I'll have to go, you know, clean that up before I go to work so the dog doesn't get to the bird. And the next thing I know, it starts squiggling around and it pulls back out. It had been halfway in the ground chasing ants in my backyard. I was amazed. So if you ever see that happen, you've got yourself a flicker on the ground. So for breeding and nesting, the gilded flicker is also monogamous and they are also cavity nesters, just like the Gila. They are also non-migratory year-round residents of our area. Now this is the gilded flicker that is the most common that we see here, but we can also see the northern flicker. So I wanna give you a few different differences between the gilded and the northern, which it does take a trained eye really for these, but you can come back and listen to this podcast several times. So the gilded will actually have a brown head cap that goes from the beak to the back of the skull. Whereas the northern has just a bit of brown right behind the beak and just above the eyes. And then it'll have a gray head and neck. The breast patch on the northern is also slightly different. The gilded is more rounded on the edges, whereas the northern is much more pointed and but the, once again I, that's that that's a really good eye you've got to have there and when you're first starting out if this is your first foray into woodpeckers it might be a little bit harder with the males is the mustache the same the northern flicker male has a black mustache and a splash of red on the back of his head so then a note on the name flicker is a type of woodpecker so there are people out there that'll get really really upset with you and they'll say that is a gilded flicker and if you say, if you call it a woodpecker, they might get a little upset with you, but a flicker is a type of woodpecker. They're actually classified in their own genus, their own group, but they are in the woodpecker family. So it's okay to call them woodpecker, just keep in mind. Some people might be all like, it's a flicker, but you're totally right. You're both right. All right, so now that you are so amazingly intrigued by these guys, you're saying, how do I attract them to my yard? So Cheryl's gonna let us know. Yes, so I love my Gila woodpeckers. So, and so how do you get a Gila woodpecker? I've not had flickers, but my brother who lives in East Mesa has had flickers in his yard. And so <clears throat> I can attest to both. So first, trees. They love trees. Um, they like dead trees. Now that's not something that we relish, but if there's dead trees in your neighborhood or if you're up against a wash with dead trees, um, you most likely will see um, woodpeckers yeah, and it's great to leave them if it's if it's if you safe can, to do if it's so safe yes. to do so um mesquite trees palo verde and untrimmed palm trees um they like just like lovebirds they like to nest in those untrimmed fronds from the palm trees and um i think that's where my woodpeckers actually nest they don't nest in my trees but i have a neighbor that has palm trees and they don't trim them and that's where um i get my woodpeckers and occasionally owls nice or you can put up a nesting box if you've got uh, a place for it, and that will bring them to your yard. They do use nesting boxes. At least I know the flicker does. Yes. Um, <clears throat> woodpeckers have a, both the healer and the flicker have a sweet tooth. I put out orange halves, and <clears throat> every morning for three years or four years, 
my Gila woodpecker has come for its orange half. Nice. Um, I have, <laughs> have to have it out by 6 o'clock or he <laughs> taps on my window and lets me know that I'm late. Um, they like nuts, peanuts, tree nuts um, at Wild Birds Unlimited here in Mesa and most Wild Birds Unlimited in, uh, Limiteds in Arizona. Um, carry uh, cylinders, well we carry roasted peanuts or we carry um, cylinders that have tree nuts and peanuts in it. We also carry no melt, no melt doughs, which they especially like. And we have a nuts and berries one because they love nuts and berries um, in the wild as far as, you know, foraging for native nuts and berries. They also, have, since they have a sweet tooth, like they like the PB&J no melt doughs, either in the cake or the cylinder. And they love water. And I didn't know this about um, Gila woodpeckers in particular because they live in the Sonoran mm. Desert mostly, but they love water. So you want to have a bird bath or some sort of water. Um, for most birds, it needs to be clean and moving so that they recognize it. But my Gila woodpecker, he's such a clown. <laughs> he likes the mister. So he will get um, sit in front of the mister and he will let the mister spray on him because my mister sits on my bird bath. Mm. So he lets everybody know he's coming in and he sits on the edge in front of the mister and he takes it in the face. Nice. <laughs> and he cracks me up because I can see him doing that and sometimes he's down at the bottom of the bird baths because I have cement bird bath bases and he'll hitch his way up and if the water is overflowing, because it does on one, he'll drink it off the edges. Wow. I mean, he's such a kook. That's funny. Now, I do have, actually, I get the Gilded Flicker out where I live in Apache Junction, and my Gilded Flicker will go to the uh, dish that I have on the ground that I leave for the quail, and I'll catch him out there drinking yes. um, from the one that's on the bottom. Yes. Um, my brother's uh, Flickers like the cranberry uh, mm, cylinder, cylinder that he had out with the lovebirds. The Flickers are s s larger than the Gila woodpecker, and so the Gila woodpecker... Um, would always let the flicker go first. They never had an argument. The Gila woodpecker understand it, that the flicker was... A little more dominant. Yes, the <laughs> boss of the neighborhood. Um, when I was camping in um, Bryce Canyon, and I was just learning about birds, this is going to your flicker story, um, <clears throat> I stepped out of our camper, and I looked over to the right, and I saw this bird sitting on, I thought it was injured. That's my first response. Uh, yeah. I have to rescue it. Right. <laughs> it was sitting um, around a dirt mound, and it had its wings out, and um, it was just sitting there. And then its head would dip a little bit, and its head would dip a little bit. And as I snuck up on it, it was a flicker. I, I didn't know enough to know anything other than that's what it was from the book that I had. But what was happening, as the more I watched it, and when it flew away, I realized it was eating ants. Nice. And th there was an anthill there. And not only that, but it was allowing the ants to climb on it, because it does. The ants eat the parasites that are on the bird's feathers, and then the flicker eats the ants. Perfect. I found that by done, research. I didn't get, get a little to snack. <laughs> yes. That was from research. I didn't um, actually observe that, but... I, I thought I was going to have to rescue this bird, but he didn't need rescuing. He was having breakfast. Yes. <laughs> he was getting a little makeover and having some breakfast. <laughs> so we, if you don't, if you have a troublesome woodpecker or if you want to discourage them from spending too much time in your yard, Kirsten has some tips on that, on how yes. to work with them. So talking about some bothersome behaviors and what we can do. 
So for hummingbird feeders, that's one of the biggest questions that we get here at the WB Mesa store. They come in and they say, there's this big old bird on my hummingbird feeder. Well, it's most likely a Gila woodpecker and I have occasionally seen my gilded flicker on it, but generally it's a Gila. And you have to keep in mind that the whole point of a Gila, his purpose in life is to actually pollinate the saguaro cactus. So he has a massively big sweet tooth when it comes to nectar. So with us now offering hummingbird feeders all the time and they can get nectar 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whenever he's awake throughout the entire year, then he's gonna go to that hummingbird feeder. So one of the things that you can offer is other food, such as the suet that Cheryl was talking about, some of that sweet no-melt dough that um, we offer here at WB Mesa, and uh, like the PB&J, the fruitcake, the nuts and berries, that's a great way to do it. And it's a very small little feeder. It's very inexpensive to do that, and you just place it where within 10 feet of that hummingbird feeder so that they can visually see it, and a lot of times they'll go right over to it. Um, another option is also to offer an Oriole feeder, and that's filled with nectar. It's very similar to the hummingbird feeder, and the nectar you put in it is exactly the same. It's that uh, four to one ratio with four cups of water, one cup of sugar, and that's what I do. I actually offer both. I offer an Oriole feeder and a suet feeder within 10 feet of my hummingbird feeder so the hummingbird doesn't feel overwhelmed, but the woodpecker can see it. And the only time I ever have a problem with that is when I get four woodpeckers in my yard at one time. <laughs> they don't share well. And yeah, they're not big on the sharing, but then I'll get a woodpecker back on my hummingbird feeder. But as soon as the bigger one leaves, then the others will go to the Oriole feeder. And that works out really well for me. And then my hummingbirds have more time to get on their hummingbird feeder. So another problem that a lot of people, a lot of people say is pecking on your house. And Cheryl will explain to you what they're doing. They're usually doing it just to attract a mate, to make themselves louder. And who knows, maybe they do like the feel of it on their head. We don't really know. Like she said, we can't ask them. So typically they're doing it to make themselves louder, looking for a mate. So if you're actually attracting mated pairs by using a nest box specifically designed for woodpeckers, um, especially if you don't have any large cactus or large trees yeah. in your area, then this is a great way to do that because they're a mated pair. They're going to be uh, very territorial and they're going to keep away single males, which are the ones that are making most of the noise to try to attract a mate. And on this podcast show notes, I'm going to give you a link uh, to a website that has the dimensions that you need if you want to make your own. And then there is a way to buy your own with the proper dimensions for the woodpeckers. Um, if they're pecking in wood areas on your house or um, on a shed or something nearby, then this is actually a really good indication that you might have an insect infestation because they're not doing it just because um, the wood is interesting to them or they just have nothing to do with their time. Most of the time when it's on wood, there might be insects there. So this is a good indicator that you might need to have an exterminator come out and check because you could have something living in that wood and this guy's just giving you a heads up. And then once again, offering things such as suet or mealworms can also help lure them away from a structure. So if you have a tree that's a little bit farther out in your yard or you can get one of those shepherd's hook um, things uh, that you can put more in the middle of the yard, 
then that's a great way to lure them away from your house. It does work with woodpeckers. They're very easily distracted. They really are. Yes. They're kind of ADD. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so then warding them away is a harder one. To just keep them away from your house altogether is a little bit more difficult. But there are a few things that you can try. Uh, you can try creating um, a nest structure uh, like uh, an older tree, if there's one there, if you can afford to leave it up, leave it up. If it's farther away from your house, you can also place a nest box farther away from the house in a, um, a, a shaded area. There was a one report, which is very interesting, about an, an older house that, um, like from the colonial area, and had uh -huh. these big columns. And they were being attacked by woodpeckers, and they were having to re-stucco everything. And they reached out for help, and someone said, well, why don't you just put a woodpecker up there? And they did. They got a plastic or wooden woodpecker, kind of like a duck decoy. And it has to be the right size as a woodpecker, and it has to look decently like it, painted and they put it up on the column. They did it only on half of the columns. And then, just you know, real high up, so it's not obstructing your view or making your house look weird. And woodpeckers didn't go to those columns. And so they put it well, on the rest of their columns. That's they have no woodpecker problems now. Yeah. So it could just be that woodpeckers are very territorial and they're seeing another woodpecker and they're like, I don't want to go over there and you know worry about getting into a fight. But you could always try that, putting up a realistic um, plastic or wooden woodpecker in an area and that might actually work. Yeah, that would that would be cool because you're only dealing with the woodpeckers. Because sometimes to dis to discourage woodpeckers, it's discouraging all the birds to yeah. your yard, and it's hard to differentiate. Yeah, and this is very woodpecker specific. Yeah. All right. That's so good. hopefully some of those were a little helpful. Things that you can try. And Cheryl is going to regale us with her plant spotlight. Yes, yeah, so I have the the plant spotlight for today. I chose was the ironwood tree or also known as the desert ironwood. And it's found in washes, hillsides, drainages in the Sonoran Desert. And it's one of the most ecologically important plant species to the reason, which is why I chose it. And I'm just fascinated by this tree. The ironwood functions as a nurse plant and it's habitat mod modifying keystone species. It benefits, it has benefit to many animals and plant species. Over 500 different species of animals and plants depend on the ironwood groves wow. for their survival. So it's very, that's why it's a keystone species. It's a slow growing tree. So at times it's a shrub and then a tree. And it provides um, protection because of the thorns. It provides uh, sh shared nutrients to plants and to soil. That's why it's called a nurse tree, is because wow. it. It um, not only takes nutrients from the soil, but it puts nutrients back into the soil. It provides shade as it grows and spreads out. It has fragrant pale pink flowers, and it blooms in the spring. And this is what also is fascinating to me. It is, it, um, because it lives in a desert, it conserves its own uh, nutrients so that when a branch is flowering, flowering, it does not grow leaves. Oh. So it, it, and it grows leaves on the branches that aren't flowering. And then it'll alternate it through the spring. So one um, 
branch will be flowering, and then it won't, then it'll grow leaves, and the other one will be flowering, wow. and then it'll grow leaves. So, um, which just, that just makes it so much smart. It's smart very than, cool. <laughs> and it has a seed in that that is a food for many animals in the desert, from birds to small mammals to... Um, Actually, I heard wild horses like to eat the nut. I'm not sure if that's entirely true, but, you know, it's a nut out there um, that um, a lot of animals in the desert, um, coyotes, I'm sure, eat it because they eat fruits and berries. So, anyway, it's a cool plant. Um, It's an old tree. It lives a long time, actually, hundreds of years. We have ironwood groves. Um, out there that are hundreds of years old very cool so and it's a tree that you you're looking at and you're going oh that's a pretty tree especially in spring but you don't know what it is Ah. but it's an ironwood tree well that sounds like a winner to me yes all right well thank you guys so much for joining us for our 20th episode and we also wanted to let you know that we now have a new email address if you want to reach out to us with questions or comments and that email address we will put in the show notes, but it is thefeatheredesert at gmail.com. I was able to make it very easy. <laughs> and please do feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or comments, or if there's a bird that you're interested in, um, and we can put it out there. Yeah, uh, that's some would information. Cool. Yeah, would be great. I'd like to do that. All right, thank you guys so much. 